spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. It's a fresh season of blessing for us in Jesus' name. Amen. This evening, God is going to speak a word to everybody present. Amen. An, indiv- an individual word. Individual word. No matter the confession you come with, you will live with clarity. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. It's our school of prayer today. If you were around on um, Tuesday, we announced that it's going to be a school of prayer for some time until we have exhausted some things we need to put in place as the year is commencing. Uh, normally, our school of prayer is on Tuesdays. So our regular Word of the Kingdom teaching is on Saturdays. But just uh, for the beginning of this year, we are going to um, alter it slightly so that um, we'll just spend some first few meetings praying. Now, as usual, before we start praying, we teach. We try to get a good foundation for praying effectively. John told us something in the book of, um, in the epistle, First John chapter, in fact, chapter 5. He said that this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, it has to be according to his will. And we say, what does the will of God mean? To say, if it is your will, was not what John was saying. John was saying that God has an eternal plan. We have to know the plan and align ourselves with that plan. It wasn't saying we resign to anything that happens. That was not what John was saying. His own idea was not just resign, say, okay, say God, anything you will. That's why we have our Bibles. We have what the Bible calls the oracles of God. Paul was speaking through it to the, in his letter to the Romans, that to them was committed the oracles of God. That is, God has a compilation of his will written down by the prophets. And he gave those things to us to read. When we read the instructions of God, we discover the mind of God. And we pray in accordance with what we have discovered. That is what it means to pray according to his will. It is not to say anything that happens. To say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, if it is thy will. That's not what he was saying. Now, sometimes we can say that. Let me give an example now. Jesus says something. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, that's slightly different from this. Even though Jesus applied it well. Now, what I'm going to say is this. When Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, he actually knew the will. He knew the will. But sometimes we don't know the will, and we can say that. So, now I, I do that a lot of times when I'm making certain requests. Because like I said to us before, it's not every... If God didn't say something specific in the written word about it, no matter how strong your desire is, don't hook your faith on your desire. Hook your faith on his will. For example, I need money to make certain payments tomorrow morning. What he promised is not that I will give you 1.6 million naira by tomorrow. That's not the promise. What he promised, I will supply all your needs. That's it. 
There's a difference. It may sound similar, but there's a difference. There's a difference. Because sometimes it's happened to me, all, and I'm sure many of you have had that experience. Tomorrow comes, the need is no longer 1.6 million. It's now 200,000. And you have 250. It's not saying 1.6, but the need has been met. Sometimes you wake up tomorrow, the need is still 1.6 million. And you don't have 1.6, you still have only 250,000. Yet, by midday, it makes, it makes it clear that tomorrow is no longer a deadline. You now have three more months. And by the natural order of things by which he has been blessing you before, that's enough time to get 1.6 million naira without a special miracle. That has been met. So that's why we don't hook on to, the way I want it, I just want it now. No. That's why we are careful about that. Because those physical things, they are, they are so, they change. They are not, you know, they are not fixed. But your faith must be fixed. So this, our faith has to be fixed. Our faith is fixed on the promise, the will of God. Not on our desires. Not on our perceived need. Those ones can change. So I was saying, you can say if it is your will sometimes when it's on things that are not fixed on the word of God. The ability to be stubborn is not the same thing as faith. You hear what I said? Some people are stubborn. You know what they call naughty by nature? Yes, some are stubborn by nature. So they think they have faith. It's not faith. Actually, the person that really has faith, sometimes they appear as if is unsteady. It's not really unsteady. His faith is really steady when you look at it properly. But today he can want something and tomorrow he doesn't want it again. It's not because he's unsteady, but because as revelation comes, as understanding comes, that thing, I beg, we have grown. Paul said, we'll tell you that when I was a child, I reasoned like a child. I thought like a child. Let me, let me add my own words. I desired like a child. Now, when I have grown up now, I realize that some of those desires are what? Childish. So I leave, drop them behind. I go on to other things. It doesn't mean my faith has wavered. It means I now have new priorities, new understanding. But some people think that if I ask God for a Mercedes-Benz 320E or E320, he must supply it as a sign that my faith is working. Now hold the car rigidly. After you held on to that car for five years, God will give you a used one. And make sure that the distributor is not good. Because stubbornness never brings blessings. It can bring physical results, but the thing will not bless you. Stubbornness. See, you don't know enough on these outward things to be stubborn on anything. No, you don't know enough. Real faith is you've discovered the things that God has spoken. And then you hold on to the one that he said. Then the word is alive and active. The word will now come out and manifest in different ways. Do you, you, you get my point? I've seen people before this one. I said when I was in Lagos those days, many years ago. What now? Not never in Nigeria. Nigeria, they were going abroad because things are bad. It's a lie. People don't leave Nigeria and go abroad because things are bad. They leave Nigeria and go abroad because they want to leave Nigeria and go abroad. There's no other reason. Because all my life, they've been doing it. All my adult life. They say, man, things are so bad. Why did they come to power? We are living. I say, no. The reason why they are living now is because Canada and UK opened. It's not because things are worse. It's because they have an open door. When Canada looks, Canada's landmass, eh, bigger than the United States. United States has a population of about 300 million. Canada has about 30 something million. 
Less than 40 million. Abi, Olainga. What is it? Less than 40 million. 30 something. Land mass bigger than United States. They are looking for who to warm the place up. So they throw through the doors. So people now say that, you know, Nigerians are leaving because the door opened. And you see, most of those who live are the higher level people who can afford things. Oh, it's true. Those who things are really hard for can't go. They're not even trying to go. Visa lottery ended long ago. To move to Canada. Because before, that was about two, three years ago, cost six million. So let's leave that in. Anyway, I got into that. <laughs> so many years ago, this was, the story I'm telling you was 1993-94. I saw people that said God must open the door for them to go to UK. Another person I'm thinking of somewhere else in Europe. And they were the man I'm thinking of, for at least four years, he had done nothing. A man left his wife and the children in one town, came to Lagos, and he had done nothing. Let me add my own words. Believing God. It wasn't saying he was believing God. Just imagine he was a Christian. If he was, it would be believing God to open the door. And by the time I stopped seeing him, like a year after, God, you know, God sometimes, he too can be more stubborn than you. Just say, I'm not opening the door. There's, there's one man I know. I've known him for a long time. For over 20 years, he's been trying to go abroad. Okay, let's be real. Not 20. <laughs> 20 is not really accurate. Over 28 years. I know you wanted him to revise it down. No. For over 28 years that I've known, he's been working hard. If you ask my counsel, I said, this door will finally open. When it does, please don't enter it. It's a trap. Every time, and he'll give you dates. Next year I'm going. He's been giving dates that I'm aware of over 28 years. Now the 28 years I said is not figurative, it's literal. Sometimes this stubbornness of faith. This is not really faith, it's stubbornness. Sometimes I just tell God, no, I'm not, just leave it. But what do you really want in life? Is it a trip abroad? No, let's be honest with it, about it. It's not. What do you want is comfort? That's even flesh, not even spirit now. Flesh. What you want is what? Comfort. Prosperity. Safety. There are certain things that the flesh is looking for. Ask God for it. Don't be ex- ex- you know, exhibiting your poverty all the time. You know what I mean by that? Have you ever seen a teller praying that God should let him go abroad? If he wants abroad, he buys abroad and brings to Banana Island. Say abroad, stay here. That's what I mean. And listen, you know what I've learned? Last year was my... And that was when I crossed, you know, when you talk about enlightenment. It was around last year that I entered into that realm of enlightenment. Let's use the word of the Buddhists and the Hindus. I realized that. In fact, yesterday I was still repeating it to myself. And as I was driving down today, I repeated it to myself again. I looked at the particular structure I saw, freshly built, just around um, as I was leaving my house, you know, somewhere not too far from government house. I looked. Hmm. I was about to say, man, this guy spent money here. I said, Vanky, forget that thing. Money is nothing. And God says, this, I can produce it without money. Never look at anything as a product of money or as a source of money. That word came to me as I was driving down. Don't ever look at anything again as a product of money or what? A source of money. I entered into that enlightenment last year. Not only in the money area, many areas. That is, whatever people are looking for, you can ask God for it. And he will produce it anywhere he wants to. He will move to Sarah Desert. And make people living in the choicest cities of the world consider a privilege to come there. 
and not as if, not, not spiritual trip, physical trip. They are come and see what, okay, are we not all running to desert now? We call it Dubai. Abu Dhabi. It's not desert. Desert, desert. People are buying houses for millions of dollars on sand in the middle of water. They call it Palm Islands. World Islands. They will use sand to draw map inside water. And people will be buying a house for $2 million inside there. If you Look, if you go and start seeing from above, you will laugh at some things people do. And you know what? God can do it again and again. So when you want to pray the Lord, know what to pray for. That's what I was saying the other time. One man said, one woman said, I'm going to marry for money. And people say she's, she's honest. Yes, she's honestly wrong. She's honestly disobedient to the Lord. She's honestly walking in idolatry. Is, I know, do you get my point? Like the other day I heard Don Jazzy were interviewing him. Say some of you are very strong. Oh, me, I'm not strong. Oh. You say you can stay with one woman. Me, I cannot. Is that not honest? Is that not honest? Very honest. He said it. I heard the recording. It's like good luck to those of you who are able to stay with one woman. Me, I cannot. He said it clearly. Even if I married today and I love the woman, I will see another one tomorrow and pursue that one too. He used different words, but that's exactly what he said. Is that not honesty? No, is that, you are looking like you think it is honesty. It's honesty now. Does it make it right? So the woman who said that, I don't know about you, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry for money. I say it again, she was talking rubbish. And I pray she gets to hear this one I said today. That ma, you spoke nonsense to the people of God. There is something she's looking for. She should have asked God for that thing. It's not a man that has money that she's looking for. There is something behind that thing. Ask the Lord for it. He will give it to you within the confines of his righteousness. Did you understand? So that you won't go and confuse other people. By getting up and saying that you don't know the amount of unbelief you released into the air. That woman filled the environment with unbelief. You don't understand. Unbelief is very powerful. Again, can I digress? If you're a preacher, please stop spreading unbelief. I've heard preachers say things like this before. You know I'm an African. Ah, my wife has to burn a boy. Even if you are thinking it, don't say it. Because if you don't say it, you will not be judged for it. At least that's second level of judgment. There are two levels. There's judgment that all of us will participate in for thinking wrongly and behaving wrongly. Then, amongst all of us, Pastor Kimuti will not get extra judgment. If he now takes that thing he's thinking wrongly, mounts the pulpit, and says it, and spare yourself that second level of judgment. Your flesh can feel it. But please don't say it. Because what you are doing is that you are filling the air with unbelief. And it is wrong. You say it in passing, somebody who was trying to think whether it's right or wrong before, suddenly takes you as an authority figure and says there's nothing wrong with it. And the brother has been marking her matter. You know, you know what it means to mark a matter? I was, you know what to mark a woman's matter? You call her at 7 a.m. to see whether she has woken up. It's a walking day. She has woken up. I just want to be sure you are fine. You slept well. I was just driving by your office, so I brought you ice cream. Anyway, your office, the Okunan. 
She's, she's walking next to ShopRite. She's closer to ice cream than you. <laughs> and women, when the man starts doing that, stop pretending. I thought it was just being nice. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Nonsense. You should read the signal immediately. Yeah. And if you think he's driving roughly, say, bros, come. This road is blocked. Go the other way. And you, if they tell you like that, don't agree immediately to go away. Just wait. Try three more times. If they say the same thing three times, go away. The Lord is good. Oh, I've been pushing one woman for, for five years. You never agree. You're still there. You decrease. The Lord is good. <laughs> Let me get back to my message. Now did I get into that? You know, I wanted to help somebody. I didn't even know who I was helping. But when are you? No, you don't look like you're the one. You're not ready to marry yet, are you? You're not. All right, the Lord is good. So the, bro- the, the brother has been marking the sister's matter, except, except that he's not rich yet. That woman now hears that kind of message. Next time the guy comes and I said, the Lord, I prayed about it and the Lord told me no. It's not the Lord. It's a preacher who vomited unbelief into the air. She's the one that told you no. It's not the Lord. That man may have been the will of God. You cannot know the will of God unless you have right precepts in your heart. God does not force the you know, the final factual will on the hearts that are disobedient fundamentally. I hope you're getting my point. No, he doesn't force it. The Lord is good. Now, why did I go to that? John explained that. So you can ask for the real thing that your faith will not shake. What are you looking for? Is it not for God to supply all your needs? You know, it's possible for God to make you so rich as a woman. You are counting that you are a billionaire. Most of look for a man that's richer than you to marry. You even be praying that the man won't be intimidated. So, okay, so the, the woman that said, I want to marry for money, God didn't create Eve to marry Adam for money. He didn't. She married Adam for purpose. What is the issue with money? It's not so that God, you can have all your needs supplied. And God hates it when you think money supplies all your needs. Oh, he hates it. He hates it. He hates it when you think money supplies all your needs. In fact, listen to this. Again, small digression. One of the things that God will do for you in life is to stop expecting money. He will train you until you lose faith in money. I'm serious. He did it to Israel. He did it to Israel. He will just take money away from you until you, 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 until you wake up in the morning. You will stop expecting money. You start expecting God to give you a revelation. He will so- I know one of the things he does. At that time when you don't have money, he will be helping you. When you are walking by faith, you make sure you are not even in debt. You enter more debt when you have more money. <laughs> you know, money can send somebody into debt. There's some ideas you don't have if you don't have a lot of cash. I'm telling you. I give you five million and at the end of two weeks you are owing 3.5. Why? Because suddenly you can downpay for things. Why you didn't have that five million? When they give you five thousand and you eat and be full and you worship and you give offerings. <laughs> That's what God does. He does that. He does that. I, what am I think, talking about? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 now. He said, He made you hungry. Then He fed you with manna. Why? So that you will know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord does a man live. Now, what was He talking about? Bread supplies strength. I am going to help you discover that material things cannot be your focus as a source of strength. 
Now listen to me. When God has done that to you in life, please don't lose that lesson. You know why? Because shortly after, he'll bring money. And many times people, will, they will carry the lesson they've learned, throw it away, and start worshipping money again. Hey, God said, hey, hey. you have to start again. So that woman should have understood. It's not money I need. It's not a man that has money. It's a man, in fact, she even said something very funny. She said, doesn't have to pray, I can do all the praying. Yes. Oh, yes. How will a woman say, don't give me a man that can pray as long as he's got money? Unbelief. How will you want to marry a man that can, that has money but can't pray? M.K. Abiela <laughs> was very rich in his days. Very, very well to do. When his first wife died, you know what he said? Shame on money. That's what he said. I think she had ovarian cancer or something. I don't know. She had a form of cancer or the other. That if it was treatable on this earth, he could fund it. And that was a woman who he knew when he was poor, who he married when he was poor. She was literally the wife of his youth. So he was willing to do anything for her. Yes, she died of an affliction. Why he had money. See, when Steve Jobs died, Apple had in cash, not stock valuation, the one they do these days and confuse everybody. In cash, Apple had 100 billion US dollars lodged in banks because Steve Jobs did not believe in paying dividends. If I made a joke about it, not really a joke, I just said, I said maybe that's how God will say, well, release this money now. Because as soon as they died, Tim Cook said, I paying dividends. They are not one day. Apple had a hundred billion US dollars in cash. Yet, Steve Jobs died from a disease. Which, if it was possible to cure with money, they would have cured it. That's what I'm talking about, the hundred billion. He had it. So why would you want to marry a man who can't pray? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Why would you want to marry a man and be asking God for it? Yet at the age of 48, though the Austin was diagnosed as having terminal liver cancer, and her husband knelt down or sat down and cried to the Lord and said, Lord, have mercy on me, have mercy on my wife. Don't let my wife die. And I heard the testimony when she turned 84. Why would you want to marry a man who can't pray? You know, we joke, you know, please don't make jokes with serious spiritual things. The spirit will hear it. The breath of the air will hear it. They will carry it to the Lord. And he will give you a man who can't pray. You know, people, maybe this woman has never prayed. Because when you have seen God answer prayers, when they give you faith and give you money, throw away the money and say, give him my faith. Because there are problems. We know this is not preaching. There are problems all over the world that money can solve. When you hear of drug addiction, there's something that sounds as small as drug addiction. <laughs> you don't want to hear about it. If, I heard of one, because not one, because I, this one particular class we have in mind. There are many of them. Rich man. His first son had problems with drugs. Was willing to give up all the money he had if God would correct that boy. What are you talking about? Why would you want to marry a man who can't pray? Even as long as he has money. He said, you can do the praying. What if you are the one that's doing the seeking? You know what they call seeking? Now you they seek. And you can't pray. You know, there are times that two have to agree. 
as touching something that's in the home, as touching something that has to do with the children. Two has to agree, and you want a man who can't pray because he has money. M.K. Abiola, one of the richest Nigerians that ever lived, looked at money and said, shame of shame on money. When I needed it, it couldn't do anything for me. You see, you hear of Hollywood celebs, celebrities, going for rehabilitation. Because they're addicted to drugs, addicted to this, addicted to the other. And guess what? Relapse rate is 90% in 12 months. Do you know what I said? That is, in 90, that's 90% of the, after they come, they'll blow a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand, go to some of the exclusive, you know, centers, rehab centers. They'll be there for months, two months, three months, four months, six months, blow a lot of money. Twelve months later, they are back. Ordinary alcohol. You know, Ogogoro? That ordinary alcohol will hold a man. <laughs> the other day we were talking. Somebody posted figures of how much Nigerians drink. Then my friend in America said it's a lie. He said it's a lie. He said these people are lying. I want to see what the figures there are. Where they get the figures. He said when I moved to the U.S. was when I saw alcohol. He said there are patients we have. We have to give them alcohol. Otherwise they will die. Patient. And he's talking about young girls who are 20-something. He said, I've seen young girls drink um, vodka like it's nothing. You can't stop them. If you do them, you stop them, they die. Look, when the Bible says, don't look at wine when it is red. Respect that comment. Of- When he was describing what the kind of alcoholism he had seen, and he left Nigeria as a grown adult with a wife and kids. So he had seen, he had practiced medicine in Nigeria. He said, I never saw this kind of alcoholism all my days in Nigeria. That these people can drink. And they don't want to drink. Oh, they can't just stop it. It holds them. It, yet when you hear testimonies, or somebody who prayed and said, you will not drink again. And that's all. That's all. You will not drink again. First takes a bottle, puts him out, and vomits it up. Ah, what's going on? The Lord said, you will not drink. And you want to marry a man who can't pray? Madness did this world do. And crept into the church. No, we don't have value for spiritual things. That's why I make statements like that. If you value spiritual things, you wouldn't say it. You finish saying it, God stops hearing your own prayers. Yeah, because you just told him it's not valuable. You've told him that money is more important to you than prayer. What that woman should have just done, what she'll have just done is to ask the Lord, meet all my needs. If I need the car, bring it. If I need the house, give it to me. Whatever I need, Lord, give me. You know what I found out? He answers prayers. I know where I began from. The will. So when he said pray according to his will, it simply means pray according to his mind. Can I use that expression? One of the things I taught my children this holiday, I explained to them, from every instruction, learn wisdom. 
From every instruction, do what? Learn wisdom. I said that if I tell you, don't keep these bottles here. Yes, first of all, don't keep it, them there because I said so. But in your mind, ask yourself, why is he saying so? And sometimes you can come and ask, why? And then I will explain. The next time you don't keep the bottles there, it's not just because I said so, but because you have seen the reason why it's not good the bottles be kept there. Then you will not be the one to tell somebody else. You start, you will not be the one turning men into what? Righteousness. Because God has given you understanding. Just by reading instructions from scriptures, that's how I'm already explaining. You know the will of God. You know what he likes, you know what he doesn't like. And that's what it means to pray according to his will. We look at it as if his will is that, uh, should I eat yam or not eat yam? The truth is that in the depths of it, he has a word concerning what you should eat at that point or what you should not eat. But it hardly brings forth that word. Most of the times you will do that which he has spoken without you knowing he said it. So it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't hammer on that axis of his will. What he would rather teach you is princes are not supposed to feast in the morning. It's a principle. In the morning you eat for strength. And you go about the will of God that is the assignment he has given you. They will let you know there are times to feast. There's celebration time. Now, what you are learning is the will of God. You are learning how God reasons about things. You will see, he will tell you that this is how you treat the poor in the midst of you. Because if everybody did the will of God, the poor should not be in the midst of you. So instantly you understand that poverty is not God's perfect plan. God wants everybody to have not just enough, but enough to be, but more than enough so the person can be a blessing. He comes to Israel. He says, I will not put disease upon you. Uh, this disease I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, the, I'm the Lord thy God who he led thee. So you know that if all things work well, he doesn't want anybody to be sick. So if people are sick again and again, we should go and find out where are we getting it wrong. It's established. And you will see that when Jesus came, he healed everybody that came to him. There was never a time he looked at somebody and said, Lord, have mercy on me. And he says, nothing for you. There are times he found, there were times he found it difficult to do something. We know. He could dare do no mighty work. But you see the intonation there. He wanted to. Why didn't he? Their unbelief. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? There are times you see that something is the reason why he's not doing it. Send the woman away. Called her. Is it right to give the children's bread to dogs? You see that he wants the children to be filled first with healing. Healing is the children's bread. But the woman used great faith to collect her portion. When some of the children were not agreeing to eat, they were throwing crumbs everywhere. The woman grabbed it. So you can see that his desire all the time is for somebody to be well 100%. It is never his will for somebody not to be well 100%. Or there have been times he decreed you will not be well 100%. Like Nagin said, the Lord told him. He broke his arm and the Lord said, I'm going to heal it 99. So he said, excuse me, sir. Did you say 99? Yes, I said 99. What's wrong with the balance 1%? Said so because, now, let me add the words. You like to disobey. I need to remind you once in a while not to disobey me. And he gave the testimony as an old man. 
that elbow, once in a while, he will just feel some discomfort there. Not much, nothing to disturb him. But that reminds him, say, the day you stop prophesying. <laughs> the day you stop prophesying. Because he got into that trouble. Because he stopped prophesying and stuck with teaching alone. Even though the Lord called him as a prophet and a teacher. Are you what they call the will of God? You see his mind, how does it work? So when I go to God to supply all my needs, it's in line with his will. It's not, does God want to supply or he does No, 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 It is in line with his will. What if at that time he doesn't want to? Then, it is not his fault, it is my fault. Then I have to make certain adjustments until we get to the point where he can do that which he wants to do. You can never pray and be blessed for something that God does not want to do. If you ask God to do what he doesn't want to do, even if he does it, you will not be blessed. But sometimes what he wants to do is delayed. Why? Because he said the hand of the Lord is not so sure that he cannot deliver. But something has made a separation between us and the... So what we work on, what is the cause of that separation? So listen to me, people of God, if you make requests to the Lord on things that are legitimate and valid, and those things are delaying, they are delaying in coming, start working on the separation. What is the separation? Don't ask people that, uh, they don't be follow those who say that what you need to do is focus on your need. No, no, no. Focus on your spiritual state. Lord, what is separating me from the blessing? What is separating me from the manifestation? Sometimes, like I said earlier, I, said, I need to first teach you that man does not live by bread alone. So this focus on God give me money so I can, God give me money so I can, so give me money so I can do this, I can do that. God give me money so I can. When you stop that and say, look, okay, I've jumped money. Now, let us accomplish that which you want us to do. Because now you have gotten the point. He will do one or two things for you without money. Can I drop this again? Whatever God does for you, don't use it to respect money. <laughs> one day, a friend of mine said something many years ago. It shocked me when he said it. Well, even I didn't correct him. How many of us know what they call chicken pox? It's a very... No chicken pox. Let me teach you small medicine. Chickenpox is a very, very, very contagious disease. You know call it contagious. Easy to spread. Very, 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 very contagious. So if you're in a house and somebody has chickenpox, and there's every disease has what they call incubation period, and you know, so there's a particular period in every, especially viral infections, when it is easiest to spread to other people. Alright? So you had chickenpox. Now, a lot of people have had chickenpox. In fact, the best time, now this medicine, the best time to have chickenpox is as a child. Because hardly does anything to children. It, it wounds adults <laughs> seriously. But the immunity is kind of li- lifelong. All right? So, in fact, those days in some place, they used to do chickenpox parties. I'm not joking. A child has chickenpox. They gather all the children in the neighborhood. All of you go and get chickenpox. And they will get. It's that contagious. They just go and play in that place for the whole day. By the time they come, all of them will come out with chickenpox. It's a kind of natural vaccination. Yeah, immunity setting. All right? So this particular uh, episode, my friend got chickenpox. And being a, a medically educated person, when he found out it was chickenpox, now there's, there's treatment for it. There's, there's some drugs you can use to prevent it from really becoming serious. And he got it as an adult, you know, as a married man. So he quickly went and got the drugs. For he didn't bother taking it. It was too late. You catch 
disease like that at a certain period for the, for the drug to work. At that point, it was too late. The body has already fought. The body has won. And he's just suffering the effect of the fight, you know? <laughs> Two elephants fighting, the body and the virus. It's, they, they punish him a lot. There's nothing he really could do with drugs at that particular point in time. But he went and got the drugs and gave to his wife. Because she also had caught the virus, but she was at the stage where the drugs could work. Now, this is the point. The drugs were very expensive. Let's assume something like today's Naira now. You have to go and buy drugs worth about 200,000 Naira. To prevent, yes, just take it for a few days, like five days. And even though the woman got ill a bit, she didn't get the full thing. Now, he now made a statement to me, which is what I'm talking about. Then I reasoned about it, but he didn't say anything. He said, come on, let me tell you about the power of money. He told me he got those drugs. They are cheap now, that particular drug, I'm telling you. But then, they were exp- no, new drugs, when they come out, they're very costly. The prices drop over time. He said, no, this is the power of money. Hi. I didn't say anything, though. I didn't feel very good. Now, you want to know the power of prayer. I got chicken pox, too, at another time. Again, just like him, I didn't know what was going on. I was just ill for days. But I was just believing God, praying. And I woke up one morning and I put my hand, you know, just like, just wake up in the morning to rub your hand on your face. And I felt bumps. Ah. Just kind of pimples with this one. So I just got the mirror, looked, and instantly I knew what it was. Oh, this is why I've been having fever for the last few days. Chicken pox. Broke out all over me. Most concentrated on my face. I looked at it. Look at here, look at here and there. Eh? I felt bad. I felt punched. You know, like you're going on the road and soldiers slap you for nothing. You know that kind of thing. You feel assaulted unjustly. So, actually, I shed a tear. I felt so bad. I cried a bit like, God, what's going on here? Then my spirit said no. So I went to my, ah, oh God. Oh, that I was in, like in the days gone by. <laughs> like Those days, I, I, I believe I'm still like that. Maybe just not as striking. God help me to remain like that and more. <laughs> I just went to my pack of tips. That's what I did. That's God's medicine bottle. I went to my pack of tips and I picked Supernatural Living series, I think, tip two. David Oedipo had this series, seven of them, seven or eight. Yes, eight, Sunday to Sunday. I think eight tips. I had the whole set. Supernatural Living series. So I picked tip two. I think that was tearing up the gift, if I remember well. I may be mistaken, but it was not tip one and it was not anything beyond four. I think it was two. I put the tape in. It was a one-hour tape. I sat down. I didn't move. I sat in the room. Stayed with my cousin that time in Lagos. I sat in the room. They didn't come out. And I listened to one hour of the tape. Now, that tape, I listened to it before. If it's too small, I can't remember for sure. But let's say I'm mistaken. I'm, I'm sure that that I had done between nothing less than five to ten times. Ten times. That's what I used to do now. Just to chop tape one after the other. I listened maybe like 10 times or more. So that's how come I knew the one to pick. I took the tape, put it in, sat down there and listened to it for one complete hour. When I was done, I put my hand on my face and I spoke to chicken pox and I cursed it in the name of the Lord and commanded it to disappear. I went and had a bath. I rubbed powder on my face. No, nothing. It wasn't made. Ordinary dressing powder. It was just to distract people in the home from 
what I had on my face, you know, so I didn't want plenty talk. So I went around normally like nothing happened. Next day, of course, at night I went to sleep again. And I woke up in the morning. Remember yesterday, how I touched my face? Today again, I had forgotten, you know, you slept, you sleep and you don't remember what's going on. So I woke up in the morning. So that's not my thing. I just rubbed my face like this. Then suddenly, the smoothness of the face struck me. I quickly took a mirror again. Looked, not one pork remaining. Not one. You know, you would have doubted maybe it was chicken pox. I said, the Lord banky. people would doubt it. The only one that remained was on my foot. The, no, see, it was chicken. That is, I cursed it. Who's telling me about power of money? When you don't have faith, money has power. I hope you're getting my point. I didn't have the money, even if I did, it was late, because there's a particular period you need to take that medicine, even if you had the money. I didn't have it. I fought it with what I had. And that's one thing the Lord has been teaching me, and I hope to teach us again this year, to pass the faith across. Ask God for what exactly you want. No, try and learn what the real thing is. What you need in life is not money. Money is one of the tools of life. If that thing is supplied without money, I mean, what are we talking about? So learn to approach God concerning the real things. Learn to approach the Lord concerning the things that matter. I hope you are getting my point. The woman that was saying that I'm going to marry for money is insulting the Lord. Yeah, there are things you say, God, you're looking at. You say, if I, if I use backhand for you, what do you call backhand? No backhand? Or woes you from the other angle? The Lord is just looking, look at you. Because you are saying the man is the source of money. Oh, please don't. I'm just trying to explain the will of God. You know, that's how we got into this. That before we pray, because today we are doing school of prayer. Before we pray, we must get into what? The will. We must know what the will is. The will is not, should I put two steps forward or take three steps backward? That's not the will. The will is what is God's reasoning pattern. How are you reasoning along with the Lord? That's what the will of God is. So when John was saying, if we ask anything according to his will, this is the confidence we have towards him, that he hears us. Now, when he said that, it didn't mean that uh, if that thing, just if God wants you to have a red car, you get a red car. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, reason the way God does. Don't come to God to come and pray and say, Lord, you give me a car, then they will respect me in this society. I hope you're getting my point. Because he said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. He said that. So that's praying against his will. What do you want to do with respect in society anyway? How can you believe when you take glory from one another? So you can see he doesn't like the fact that you want glory from people. Are you seeing what I'm going to say here? He said, no, if I have enough money, I'll be able to prepare for my children's future. He said, take no thought for the morrow. So these are the things where we say, you can't go to him and go and pray. God, give me money so I can have my savings account. Say, don't lay out treasure on the earth. That's what I mean by his will. So you can't go to God and say, ah, my saving is low. God, normally for you to be balanced. I've heard the preacher say before, that he has, in their ministry, they must always have reserve. That once their reserve is low, he shout, God, our reserve is low. Father, God, supply some. Ah. I say, what do you mean? Physical reserve? There are some attitudes we have who never see certain miracles. 
If you have, if you have that attitude, even if God to do it for you, you will never be able to testify of the day you caught fish and found a coin in his mouth. We're talking about his will. That's what we mean. So you can't go to him and say, Lord, my account balance is low. Please bring money so I can put it inside. God will say, for what? Have you not read that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of cash that he has laid up? And in fact, I told you, don't lay up treasure on the earth. He said, sell all you have, give to the poor, you have treasure in heaven. These are will, you know. This is the will of God. You can't pray against those things. God, do give me American visa. God say, for what? Nothing wrong with American visa. I have prayed for American visa before. I told you. When I prayed the prayer, it was very funny. It was just before, an hour before the interview. I filled the form. I did everything. I forgot to pray. I went to Abuja. I forgot to pray. I booked a hotel. I forgot to pray. I slept in the hotel for the interview tomorrow morning by 9 o'clock. I did not pray. I dressed up, carried my things, and I was going out of the hotel room. I said, hey, Banky, you've not asked the Lord about this visa, and I was supposed to go for a training. So I went back to the room, closed the door, put my things down, and said, Lord, I just realized that I've not asked you about this visa. I said, Lord, please, I really want to go. Please, I would like you to grant me the visa. What I've said to you is all the prayer I prayed. I was dressed. I didn't even kneel down. God is my witness. I did not say, Kopa, e says, I can't speak in tongues too. I did not. I didn't worship. I just want to worship you, the God of America. I didn't worship. That is, I just entered the room. I just said to the Lord. I said, Lord, I was about to go for the interview. It just dawned on me that I've not asked you about this visa. I said, please, just for the records, I would like to make the trip. I think it would be a blessing to me. I really would like to go. So I'm asking you to give me the visa. In Jesus' name, amen. I packed my things again, stepped out, locked the door, dropped the key at the reception. The taxi man that brought me the night before was waiting, took me to the airport, uh, to the embassy. And of course, I've told the story many times. When it was the interview time, the woman looked at me, and she was the toughest. No, I'd like to tell the story again. It's, it's an interesting story. That was years ago. I've collected their visa a few times since then. But this was the first time. The first time I was having anything stamped on my passport apart from my name. <laughs> people say you put money in your account when you want to go to the embassy I did not put you know why I didn't put I did not have and I wasn't going to borrow money from anybody for such things the law would have been insulted I went to, for the interview with less than the total of a thousand dollars in my bank account which was an accident that was even reached a hundred thousand the total was a hundred thousand naira 30k only was the one that was my own the other 70k was an accident one brother wanted to send money to Kingdom Word. He asked his friend. That one gave him my personal account number. He didn't ask me. So he gave the money to, he sent the money to my, without telling me. It was when I made the inquiries after that I asked, uh, then I asked her, why? Is, I saw the name. I asked one brother, you know this person? He said, yes, my friend. I said, he sent money to my account. He said, okay, it's actually for Kingdom Word. He asked me for, I said, okay, it's not my money. Oh, Kingdom Word money. But that was after the interview. God, God arranged the balance. 100K. The 100K. The one I had was that. I, I, he said, how come it, it was the day before I traveled, I went to print the, because GT Bank was the one I was really using. So that was when I had 30. The other UBI account I had that time had nothing inside. It was supposed to be zero. It literally was zero. You don't know me. When I want to, when I get angry with somebody, I withdraw the money to zero. Then I don't bother to close the account. I just walk away. So I had walked away. <laughs> I was angry. <laughs> it was zero. 
I leave you like 15 naira to do your COT for the last withdrawal. <laughs> so you will not put red against my, my public record. <laughs> I am telling you the whole truth. The Lord is my witness. I lied to you about what? For what now? And the woman looked at, okay, the part of the story I wanted to tell you is that she was the toughest interviewer that day. Tough. She was the toughest. She was a black woman. There were four, three or four people interviewed her. Four, yes. All the other ones were young, white women. This guy was, this lady was a little older than the other ones. Black. A real sister. You know what they call sister. Americans call sister. She was denied. Denied. You know, Americans, they don't know privacy. Just work. The whole world is hearing your story. I hope they have changed now. This was many years ago. Yeah, that was some time now. It was 2007. <laughs> she asked me, so when it was, so there was this lawyer that was sitting beside where Jesus had become friends, just talking there. This woman, man, hard woman, hard, hard. So the person next to her, the space became vacant. I was like, you know, ha, ah, easy one. As now, I just put something, bam, break. She stepped down to go and take a tea break. The Lord just guided me to the tough woman. I remember that young girl said, ha. He's like, you know, we have become friends. So he looked at me and said, yeah. So I looked at him. I said, what? I said, watch this. And I got up. I told him, watch this. I go, where did that face there? I don't even know where it came from. I just told him, watch this. And I got up, went there. Let me make it long story. I've told him many, told him many times. I'm telling it again just because I asked the Lord that morning. He was, the Lord was my interviewing officer, not that woman. The woman looked at me, looked at my bank account and folded her hands like this. And I asked her, what's the problem? <laughs> no. I won't lie to you. The Lord is my witness. I asked the question. I said, what is the problem? Say your, bas- your, your bank balance. I said, what's wrong with it? She said, it's too low. I said, yes. You asked me whether it was a salary account and I said, yes. They paid the money inside. I've spent it. No, honestly, it was almost arrogant. Like, ah, I said, supposed to let you know where I work. That was the answer I gave the woman. I said, so who's going to pay for the trip? I said, it's a sponsored trip. UICC is paid. Documents, in my mind. Don't you put check the papers we give you? You know, like, in my mind. I just gave her the papers, the sponsorship, the, the, the approvals, everything. They, showed me how, they were going to give me $3,500. So I said, that's it. She looked at me, looked at me, was looking at me like this. What do I do with this nigga? <laughs> I said, no, I, I think I asked her, like, what more do you want? She said, what else do you have to offer? So I said, do you want my marriage certificate? She said, no. I said, do you know how many Nigerians abandoned wife and children are gone to America? That's what she told me. When I asked her whether she needed my marriage certificate, I had my marriage certificate, I had pictures of my wife and my kids. So if I forget that thing that all your guys, they did, they, they have wife and kids, so no being leave. So at the end of the day, they just said, all right, come back on Tuesday and pick the visa. And I said, I, come from, I, I came from Enigo, so that would be difficult. Can somebody pick it for me? Say, give me the person's name. I just fill some papers. Thank her very much. I said, now that the interview is over, can I ask you a few questions? She said, go ahead. I said, we've been watching you since me and the other guys. I said, you have been tough. What's the issue? He said, your people are not sincere. Yeah, he, she, no, she told me, like, she said, they are not genuine. They lie. You know, she just told me that that's a problem. I don't, I, and you know, not me like the truth. Eh? <laughs> I don't know. The Lord just making me tell the story again. One of the reasons why I could do what I did, let's be honest, was that I didn't care whether I lived or died. I wasn't good. If they had said denied, I'm going back home. 
My wife will have welcomed me back. Oh, well, you're not good anywhere again. The first time my wife went to go and apply for a UK visa, when they denied, I felt insulted. In fact, the guy insulted her, as far as I was concerned. I felt it was an insult. There was just a small lapse in documentation. So maybe she, her account, she printed something. Why, 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 you know, one of these small, small boys, they just finished training. We never go to school. They don't know how to talk to their seniors. And I said that, uh, the way it is, he thinks that she may get to go to the UK. And go and look for work to sustain herself. I said, Tani. Sorry, I, I don't want to say that in, in English because it's not a good thing I said. I felt insulted. Okay, let me tell you. I said, Shut up, stupid mouth. That was what, that's how I felt. So, my wife and other sister lives in the UK. So she called her afterwards. I said, No, no, no. They should appeal the process. And can you come? Can you come? They're going to send some document. No, telling my wife things like, uh, there's no proof that the person supposed to see her, uh, receive her is her sister. That their names are different. I say, it's not your fault. All of you are gay. Why would the name not be different? Two women married. Why would they have this? You know, these people, they just upside down. Sorry if you are watching from the UK. I was angry. So my wife said, you wanted to protest. I said, protest what? I said, I better come home. Then you used to do interview like that. No, they change it later on. I said, please, 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 come to the house. She was now feeling very bad because all the costs, the visa fees, the transportation to Abuja by air, and then Akinlu was a baby that time, you know, carry him up and down. So now I said, okay, she will come back by road. I said, because of what? I said, she's feeling bad that she has wasted money. I said, I beg, bought the plane and come home. Because of what? Went to the airport, paid this thing and came to the house. I said, it's just not time. Next time you are going, I'll give you 2,000 pounds. You show the guy. You know, some of this is fighting over is the time is not yet right. It's the, time, the time wasn't right. Next time she went, I don't, next time did you even go? Or that time was not documented, just packed documents sent to them. Of course they gave her the visa. First time she went, there was time I was going to the U.S. I said whether she would come, yes, all right. She went to American uh, embassy. That one, I said I was the interview, I said there was no interview. They had never been to America, I just go to the, for interview like this. The, the woman just asked her, um, do you want to have more children in America? The woman like said, for what? Uh, they just laughed. He didn't reach. Was it up to three minutes? They just said, carry your visa, where they go. All this one, please give me visa. Please, okay. I have things to do. <laughs> I'm a professional. What are you calling about? Soonest. 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 Please, can I just beg you something? At least have some godly pride. Yes. yes, that's what I'm just asking. Just have godly pride. That's part of my own issue. Just have godly pride. Just have it. You know, like, no one has a godly pride now. You know, like, you know, boast in the Lord, that kind of thing. Inside, you know, the Lord is in you, so I'm not going to your country to look for money. If the woman told me that you're not giving me I'm going home. I'm going home. And I know this, my wife, she would have been happy that I came back. So, well, you're not going anywhere. The Lord is good. Oh, we're just talking about the fact that God answers prayer. Apostle, we're not even able to get to the thing we wanted to do to this. We are a school of prayer. But please remember, God answers prayers. He, answer, he answers prayers. I just digress into that. Look, ah, this year I just want to teach the people of God. Please, learn to rely on the Lord. When they say, there's Boko Haram in Nigeria, don't let that scare you. If you want protection, listen, let me tell you the truth. Eh? You, know, you know how what God does to his children? 
There's Boko Haram in Nigeria. There's Boko Haram in Nigeria. There's Islamic State. There is a headsman. There's bandits. So what are you going to do? I'm going to run to where there's no problem. The day you arrive, they will shoot you. It's the love of God. Let's assume, okay, let's assume maybe somewhere in Europe, just arrive for Belgium. Hey, just say, well, more, you know. Don't make and don't come up for that trouble zone. Your friend will pick you from the airport and say, I'm going to hear, what's happening? Two, some Islamic terrorists are fighting the police. Bam! Bullets will hit your motor like this. Two tires will deflate instantly. Bam! Then as you come out, police will look, this guy be like a terrorist. Eh? <laughs> look at your black face. You know, they just look like, eh? Say, stop running, say, stop running for where you keep on running. <laughs> As you jump like this, bam, one go hit you for here. Bam. <laughs> no, you're not going to die. It won't hit any major vessel. And the bullet will throw you, and the police come and handcuff you. Okay? So your friend will be telling you, hey, man, what are you doing? You just come from the airport, man. Let's see your luggage, see everything. Eh? You're not one of them. None of who? <laughs> one of who? You know, you just know it's God that set you up. They will catch their terrorists, release you. They drive you to hospital. They will be stitching your bum up the day you arrive. Meleo. <laughs> when you reach out, you'll be looking, you'll be looking like this. Tell your friends when his first flight out of Brussels. <laughs> when they see you, then you go after one week. Ah. You will like. I can imagine. Apostle will look at you and say, ah, bro, Philip, I thought you traveled. <laughs> he said, I didn't travel again. <laughs> ah, no, but I saw your sister. I said, you were... I said, I'm not traveling again. I'm like, again. <laughs> you were here before I was afflicted. I went that street. No, God will just say, listen, safety is in the Lord. Yes, safety is of the Lord. You are safe wherever I keep you. That's what you'll be hearing. And you come. People will not know why I just came back. After you had made plans. So I'm not going anywhere again. Uh, no, you know, it's not fear. It's you've discovered. Uh, you just get the lessons. Yeah, and if, like the girl I told you, I, the story was about two, three weeks ago. Got killed by a policeman in America. A week or two after she had called her father and said, the safest country in the world. Yes, she came from Chile. She and her mother went to shop. They were in the fitting room when they started hearing two, two, hearing gunshots. So they held each other and ducked. Next, the mother said she felt as if somebody hit her daughter. Of course, that's the impact of the bullet. Pushed them down. And the girl didn't move after that. The bullet hit her in a bad place. She died instantly in her mother's arms. The father was on that gave that. I just talked to her not too long ago. She said it's in the safest place in the world. You know the funny part? They were in an enclosed space, a fitting room. You know what you call a fitting room? Where you go and change clothes? Clo- cl- locked. She and her mother. As the police was, they told that guy, drop your weapon. He had a chain and padlock, attacking one woman. Trying to shoot the guy. The bullet bounced off the floor. They didn't aim at her. Bounced off the floor, passed through the wall of the place, killed the girl. They find safety. They find safety. If you want safety, get on your knees. You know, one of the Prayers I love most in the Bible is Jabez. Jabez just prays simply. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. Now you will make my name great. You enlarge my coast. And you will keep me from harm that evil will not come to me. 
And the Bible says the Lord heard the prayers of Jairus. He granted him what he asked. Simple. Not hard. You know when I say God is jealous? He's really jealous. He's very, very jealous. He's very jealous. If you make something else your God apart from him, he goes after that thing. Like I said, God's jealousy is not uh, if my wife falls over another man and we'll begin fight. Then okay, go, go to your father's house. I'm not marrying you again. God is not like that. They say, which other man I keep the other man? That's how God is own jealousy. Say, which other man you want marry? Say, where? where? Say, now me that. Say, okay. Now, which? Okay, no, Allah. <laughs> As God is passing, which? Which? How now? Throw him from upstairs. The guy go hit the floor, break both legs, break neck, break everything. Say, still want marry? He say, no, I don't marry. He say, good. Say, which next time? <laughs> That's what God they do. He fights for his own wife. Say, where you they go? You are going to see who you carry, you carry your leg and break it. Say, you are my wife. You are not going anywhere. Now, you won't jealousy be that. His own jealousy is not that. <laughs> they don't love me again. <laughs> Him? When, the, when God is jealous over you, he attacks the distractions. You pull his sword. They say, who's, who's I my wife there? Ah, he starts fighting. He says, ah, another country says they are the provider. Say, said, go. When he reach there, he will collapse the whole economy because of only you. I was analyzing with my wife a few n- n- nights ago. You know, people pack all their money, go abroad. So if I get it, Masters from UK, I come back home, I go blue. Go say, eh? Go first. You know, when God wants to do you strong thing, He will let you go. You will spend the money, get the masters, then you will come home safely. You will do Thanksgiving. You will bring goats, bring fowl, pastors will chop. Say, blue, let us see now. And so, you go begin blow. Get a pumping machine. As you are putting the air in, you see that the tire is leaking in six places. You go blow that tire, blow, you are not going anywhere. You go look for open doors. In fact, some places they look at you and say, Ah, I think you are kind of overqualified for this job. He said, Forget the extra. He said, We can't forget the extra qualification. They push it. You will have to pray like Job. Oh, that I was in days gone past. With the one that didn't have this degree. It, God, anything you keep eyes on apart from him, for your information, wives, don't keep eyes on your husband. Though. I don't, the other day I told my wife, I said, don't ask me for things. Ask the Lord. I'm not your God. Though. Don't go kill me for nothing. <laughs> eh, it's true now. It, God, the jealous even inside my house. If my wife just thinks that, you know, once I have this husband, everything is unkiddory. You'll donate me to sickness for six months. You won't know he's treating my wife. You don't, you don't know the Lord, eh? Go and read the story of Job. You wanted to teach Job a lesson. How many people die? All Job's headsmen, killed by cattle rustlers in one day. All his children, that, that is, are the people who don't fear God, eh? They are idiots. Because you have to fear God. I operate the fear of God. I do. I told you what happened to me once. I was coming to preach. Then, how many people have been married for up to 20 years here? Have you done 20 years? Ah. Eight, 19? 18? Ah, still very young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that how you've learned the You know, there are times you wake up in the morning. You want to wrap the woman, put a dress, eh? The woman that gave us me, give God, can you take? <laughs> it, uh, it has never happened. Uh, of course not. He, did, he doesn't want to. He, he agreed. He didn't want you to see it. 
So one of those days happened to me like that. It was a Saturday. I was angry. My wife made me angry. So angry, I knew I could not preach. So I just in my mind, I'm not going to Bible study today. So I think I picked my phone. I was about to call Apostle that, please, I won't be coming. Get your message ready. You'll be the one to take the meeting. And you will ask me, any problem, sir? Are you going somewhere? You know, that kind of thing. Are you going somewhere? <laughs> and I will, have, I will have found something way to explain very nicely to him. That will not make it look that when he sees my wife, don't preach against Jezebel. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> 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 the phone was in my hand. When my spirit said to me, so what will you tell the Lord you are doing at home? Do you know what I heard in my heart? I just saw myself before the Lord saying to him, the woman you gave to be my help is the reason why I can't preach the gospel. So, I, you know, instantly, in case you don't know, it's called accusation. I saw myself as an accuser of my wife. Brethren, I rapidly entered the bathroom had a bath, straightened my clothes, dressed properly, began to confess the word. I came and preached a hot message. Two reasons. I don't want to die. I don't want to keep her. No, I'm serious. I did not want to die. I didn't want to injure her. Because it's, we think this God is just going to re- After, see, let me explain the tissue about Moses. God prepared Moses. An angel appeared to the parents. I know, it's clear. Scriptures, you do not reason like that, but it's clear if you read the Bible. Appeared to the parents and told them, especially the mother I'm sure of, of what, what was going to happen, what the child was about, and what to do. This child, the angel came nothing less than two times. One before the child was born, or when the child was born, and when he was a few months old, told them what to do, how to wrap the boy and put on the waters. I don't have any doubt about it. God sent the boy to Pharaoh's house, raised him up there, then kicked him out of there. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that he left Egypt, not because he was afraid of Pharaoh, but by faith. What does that tell you? By the instruction from heaven, he left. Forty years later, he was called back. He was commissioned. Then the Lord met him on the road to kill him. With all of this, the Lord stopped on the road to kill him. Why? Because despite repeated corrections, he wouldn't circumcise his son. I've seen people who think that anointing preserves their life. Forget it. God will so enjoy you. Eh? And those who say that you don't need to fear, God doesn't kill people. Well, you know, them, someone say, I don't know this God, people know. He don't. The other day, you know, my classmates, we had our, uh, really, this late last year, we had our 30th anniversary reunion. We graduated in a Medibane, we called it a Medibane 91. The university of been 1991. Last year was our 38th year of graduation. So my classmates organized one massive thing somewhere in Lagos. My friend was still with me this December. I said, Bank, if somebody told me that you wouldn't come, I was so sure. He said, you were one person I was so sure would be there. And I explained to him, and another guy who was there, we were all classmates, three of us. I said, you do understand. I didn't know how to justify absence from my Bible study where I was supposed to teach the word on that Saturday. I prayed that the Lord would give me an open door to preach in Lagos on Sunday morning. So I can tell him that I'm going to preach. He didn't. I look, I prayed for everything. Ah, God, you, I said, because I said I cannot leave this job to go and attend to that reunion. I don't care whether it's 30 years or not. It's not a Christian union, just classmates. I said to him, 
I could not defend it. And I wasn't lying. Listen, if you don't see me on Saturday, it's serious. Before I'm absent from here on a Saturday, serious matter. I must get heaven's approval. And I don't do it like uh, being disciplined. Be honest with you, I don't want that. People play with God. Listen, oh, I've preached so much. Eh? In fact, it's even good where we got to know. Thank you, Father. It's good. Because what I was planning to preach today, now I've gotten there. Hmm? Now we have gone here and there and said that, look, the will of God, the will of God, you understand? Let's take God seriously. Now I've now gotten to this point. Praying, uh, what I was saying earlier is that we need, we need to have a foundation of scripture to know how to reason like God before we pray. All right? And I'm happy I said this because it has helped me connect with the thing, the thing I really wanted to say. Because, now let me say the thing now so that I'm not getting the connection. Let's take the law seriously. You don't just make decisions anyhow as if you own your life. You don't. I hope you're getting my point. The Lord is not an accessory to your comfort. Did you hear what I said? The Lord is not an accessory to your comfort, which is what a lot of folks treat him like. I go to him. Why? I need a husband. So let me go. I hear that he supplies. So say, Lord, how much do you sell the husband? He says, tight. Tight areas for two years. I give him. First fruit for two years. I give him. Lord, I'm in a hurry, so I can't give for next year. Let me give you this year's own and last year's own in areas. I give him. Then you go to church regularly. You build a parish. You build a parish for God. Then God will now supply the husband to you. If you have been reasoning like that, they have lied to you, they have confused you. It does not work like that. He is not an accessory to your comfort. He just supplies the thing that you want. Then you negotiate with him. God is not, you know, people say God is a smart business God. It can be in a particular way, but not like that. You don't go to him with a proposal. You don't go to the law with a proposal. Let me tell you what Christianity is. How do you ask somebody whether he's a Christian? What's the number you ask? Okay, that's one way. There's another way. Have they given your life to Christ? Thank you. That's how we ask. You know what it means? Have you dispossessed yourself of your own possession? Is that good? And have you handed the possession of your life to the Lord? The other day somebody sent him, that's a few days ago, Billy Akonis clip on what a sacrifice is. There are many of us who are not sacrifices yet. That an offering or a sacrifice has been given to the priest. What the priest does with it does not concern you, the bringer of the sacrifice. He says, Father was a priest like that, Billy Akoni was saying, and he saw it many times. You go and buy the best goods, the best cow, whatever it is. Once you hand it over to the fire priest or whatever kind of priest he was, his father could decide to kill it and dump it at a junction. And say, that's what the gods want. You won't say, ah, this goat that I bought, the most expensive white one, was a rare breed. Tell you, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, maybe it's a Brazilian mountain goat. Say nothing like that, though. If you see that the junction rotting away, being eaten by you know dogs and vultures, you thank the Lord and keep going. If the priest decides that okay, this is a living, it is an eating sacrifice, they cook it in the house and eat, you don't complain. Why? You have given it as an offering. 
That's what Christianity is. He was trying to explain that you don't decide what you do with your life. God decides what to do with it. You know why? It has now become his own. And you've heard me say this before, that God is very lavish in spending. Yes, he's very lavish. He can train you, give you a PhD, and say, go to secondary school and teach physics. An average person should have gotten the job with NASA. You should have gotten to Nigeria um, um, Meteorological Agency. There are places that you think a PhD is fitting for. But God said, no, 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 you don't get it. No, that's not the way I want it. Go and teach secondary school, basic science, physics, and mathematics. She cannot. Then you will promote me. That is promotion. What are, what's wrong with you? The one where you are right now. That one is my promotion. Yes, I'll promote you in a good state government service. That's what you mean. One day you'll be a principal. And I'm very I don't understand these Christians. I don't understand these Christians. You know, when I finished my postgraduate those days, one of my profs offered me a job in one of the big Nigerian teaching hospitals. And it, one of the reasons, of course, was God working. But one reason I did not take his offer was that he made a statement in the process. He understood, he has heard about me, the way I do, you know, with Christianity, faith, and stuff like that, ministry. He now said that Tunde Joda was his classmate. You know Tunde Joda? The big pastor in Lagos. And that, but um, he now made a statement like, as if the guy lost direction. He abandoned the practice of medicine and decided to go and be a pastor. I didn't say anything. In my mind, Oga, me, work for you. With this kind of attitude in your heart, me and you will pour it within the first six months. I remember what he said to me. He said, all I need from you is a yes. Your office is ready. If I said, let me be honest with you. This, he told me the name of the person who had that office. That he prepared the guy, did everything, sent him abroad. He said, he said that the guy didn't come back. He said, well, he didn't come back. And that's the position I'm giving to you. He said, just tell me yes. I'll get your office ready. I thanked him very much and left. That statement he made. <laughs> I think it was not even worthy of consideration. Secondly, I was just married at that time. I also added my wife to the question. I said, hey, let's leave that matter. Now, why I'm referring to it is that he looks at it that having had a first degree in medicine and surgery, now with the Fellowship of the West African College of Physicians, I wouldn't think of abandoning that and then pursuing a preaching career. In my mind, okay, if you think like that, you don't know me. You don't know this guy. You don't. Shortly after I came to Enugu, somebody comes, ah, they're open. the door has opened, I think in Badon, Lagos. So I, I said, I didn't come to Enugu to look for work. I came here to preach. I showed my colleague who told me, Kingdom World Ministries, P.O. Box 2273, Enugu, Nigeria. I said, you want to change the address? <laughs> you want to change the address? One day my parents in law called my wife. Something like that came up. Wanted her, this was long ago, whether I would consider moving to Benin so that she can take over some of their businesses and stuff like that. And that for me, they, can, they know people, they can arrange. <laughs> my wife just called the father and said, my husband, he didn't come to Enugu to work. He came here to preach. He can't leave for anything. That was the end of the discussion. And I said, God is lavish, eh? It takes a man who has a PhD, say, go and teach in secondary school. Cause the most brilliant person in your, gener- your whole family. You want everybody to say, this guy is going to make it in life. I said, bro, there's crisis in, my, in Benue State. I wanted to go and preach the gospel from village to village. We learn to eat yam. No, I'm telling you. But those who don't realize, they will think that is a waste. How God values things you don't know. Now, all that brain you have, I hope you know it's a gift of God. You can collect it like this and say, okay, I'm not giving you again. They are prof, talk now. You, 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 that is, you won't be able to say anything. You'll be talking like a, you know, like a retard. 
You don't know God. You know, I, I pray you get it. This is how God gives things. Just, just tosses it like this. It hits you. You think it's you. It transforms you. You become so brilliant. You see things. You understand things. You look like this. You understand all the quantum mechanisms inside the sun. And you'll be writing publications and you're advancing. Your calculations will be top notch. You will, you know, you'll be on the same level as people like Albert Einstein, you know, Kaluza, you know, uh, Niels Bohr, you know, you'll be able to live with those people. And you're feeling very important with yourself. The day God tells one day, just turn him off. <laughs> one day, you'll just carry your switch. Boom. They will speak English, you will not understand. So that's why I don't let any natural gift you have carry you away. Don't be, there come on. It's a gift he gave like this, he can retrieve it like this. Let's bear that in mind. Listen, believers, this year, we must take the Lord seriously. That is, we walk with him with our whole heart. It's not, an, it's not an accessory to our comfort at all. Every single bit of our lives belong to him. And he will use that life the way he wants. It's not negotiable. Sometimes, it helps us, you know, it can develop us to a point where we'll be able to receive it so that we'll not obey him grudgingly. Because as much as God can give the instruction, he really doesn't like people who are grudging their obedience. Say, if you are willing and obedient. So sometimes it goes through a process of persuasion so that we can get the full blessing of obedience. Because without the willingness, the full blessing is not there even though you obey fully. So that's why sometimes it takes time. So it goes to a man like Peter. Say, hey, come on, lend me your boat. Then Peter will follow Jesus. Okay, you know what happened to Peter? It was with John then. He left Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. So he left. After interacting with Jesus, Master, where do you stay? They went with him home. They came. They saw. They stayed with him overnight. And they went back home. Went back to fishing. Then one day, he came. Let's use your boat. Uh, this, then the third, three times he called Peter. The third time when Peter saw fish. And he said, I will toil all night. Caught nothing. And I said, of course, after they grabbed enough fish, to fill two boats, and both boats were sinking. He said, depart from me. He now understood. Three times Jesus had encountered him. The third time he now understood that this indeed is what John said was going to come. This man is the one. He said, depart from me. You know I'm a sinful man. Jesus said, good. Now you've gotten the point. At that point in time, he realized the holiness of Jesus. That's why he's talking about sin. So he said to him, from now on, you'll be catching men. That day he took the hold of Peter. Let's go. So you see, there's sometimes there's a process of persuasion. But listen, he's not changing his mind. He wants you 100%. Oh, that's what he does. You must flow with him 100%. Sometimes it takes time to persuade people. That's because he wants us to enjoy the full blessing of obedience. But he wants us 100%. Life will not rearrange. Blessing will not come. Progress will not come. Because really, there's no progress in, in Christianity except that progress is a product of a closer walk with the Lord. And that progress is in the path of God's destiny, which he preordained for us. Financial progress to God is not progress. You now have seven children, it's not progress. Enoch walked with God and he became rich. You read that anywhere? So let's get it clear. That is not progress. So when we're talking about, you know, want to prophesy this year, what will happen this year? Prosperity is good. Health is good. All those things are good, but that's not our primary concern. The primary concern is that I must walk closer with the Lord. The primary concern is that my holiness must be stronger than before. The primary concern is that my walk in righteousness must be stronger than before. The primary concern is that my faith 
must be stronger than before. Listen, faith is, look, currency of heaven is faith. Who is rich? God looks. Laodicean guys, they had money. You know, some of this we do in Nigeria today, we just be like Laodicean church. Having big auditoria and having private jets and having good clothes and all of that is not a sin. But once you think it's a sign of progress, you're a Laodicean believer. Did you hear what I said? Once you think the material, our church is not 10,000 people, now be an auditorium that can see 25,000, you think that you are making progress. You are a Laodicean Christian. You know what I mean to be a Laodicean Christian? You think you are rich and you have need of nothing, but you don't understand that you are what? Poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. Yet materially, you don't make a Materially, see making all over you. Yet you have not made those things does not mean that you have not made progress. The church in Smyrna, people thought they were poor. Jesus said, yet you are rich. I look at the world today. People can be making a lot of noise. And I say, listen, my conviction, or I can be wrong in this, in statistics actually, right? But in the, the spiritual principle, I'm right, okay? Just in the application of the statistics. I think there are more rich people down in Nigeria than many of the countries we are running to. In fact, per capita wealth is higher here than in Europe. That one I'm sure of. Is it because of money? Of course it's not money. It's not money. It's faith. People say, uh, you say the problem with this country, our healthcare system doesn't work. I said, that's how our prayer care system works. <laughs> the prayer care system works. There are many times we have prayed before. I know it's because of faith, but also it's because the, the, the other one. When you check how many portions of land you now go sell. <laughs> yeah, that day, Israel told me something. Senior Israel. One of the children was sick. Yeah, and the wife goes to the doctor. Doctor, give them bills. They go and go pray. Sickness vanishes. Say what nonsense. Why would I be working for you, Doki? Thank you very much. How you come up? What nonsense is done of this one? I say you go do operation. Give them behind it. Look, say, what are we hearing the words for? Last minute, I say, Alpha. He said, Also, we don't pray about the matter. How do you? He said, The picking done well. <laughs> Healthcare system will be hard. Prayer care system works. And listen to me, it works. Listen to me, it works. Listen to me, it works. It works. Look, this year you will see miracles. Yeah. I wish you understand that I wasn't praying for you or wishing you well. I'm telling you what you will see. Yeah. You, will, you will get on your knees. You will pray. You will be like, God, I, for which may I finish the praying now? This was your answer before I finish the prayer. I'm not getting confused. What were you trying to do before I prayed? Oh, you have testimonies this year. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Knock engine will be reversed. You go look ah, like this engine. You want to knock. Do you know how much they sell engine? Check your balance. <laughs> Say, bros, I need this motor in the name of Jesus. Knock, knock, knock. Come, 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 come. Stop. You know this kind of vex. The metal was there, bros, relax, relax, relax. <laughs> bros, it's okay. It's okay. He do now. No, be ordinary who just want to grind small things. Like this brother, do like this. Like Bishop Edipo said once, <laughs> he said one day. <laughs> he said, he started his car in the morning. His neighbor said, his neighbor said, this engine is giving a knocking sound. <laughs> so he came out, 
commanded a knocking demon to get out. They did never send him no. Like, they never send him no. Go and read God's smuggler, Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew drove a car, a B2. They used to car. He didn't, see, Brother Andrew didn't have a car. He was from a poor village in, um, is it Germany or Holland? Holland. Yeah, Holland, in the Netherlands. Poor village. So, one day a man came and told him, to, please, the Lord said you should go and learn how to drive. So, look, the man said, all right. Weeks later, the man came back and said, how far were the lessons? He said, which lessons? The Lord said you should go and learn how to drive. Ah. So the man put him in the car and went and taught him how to drive. Now, to let you know, he didn't have a background of driving. His father didn't have a car, you know. He was, he was from a poor village, so he didn't understand this driving thing. Then after that, after I learned how to drive, I think that same man gave him the only car he had for mission work. So Brother Andrew drove the car, not knowing the service motor car. That's where I'm going. Drain oil, change filter. What you for say, Brother Andrew? Once the car is started, they go forward. That's the will of God. <laughs> the guy kept on going. He drove the car, drove the car. He drove the car, drove the car. Until one day the car said, do you know after how long? He don't drive the car all over Eastern Europe. Until the car was not doing chukum, chukum. Ah, what's wrong with this guy? So the car stopped. So he went to a mechanic nearby. Just happened to have, the mechanic happened to be nearby. Actually, an angel, the angels were carrying the car, they were tired. So they just, <laughs> they just drive, they pushed the car to the front of a mechanic workshop and left it there. So they called the mechanic. The mechanic looked at the car and said, like, you, you drove this car here. <laughs> the guy opened there, he never see an way, 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 like that. Clogs everywhere, the fuel, um, air filter was Caked, you know, with doorstep. What's your concern, bro? So, the guy said, eventually has to rebuild the engine. He's going to pieces the engine, clean everything, remove this, change this one, change pistons, change rings, do that, do that. Bro, no one understand what's in the top. I don't know, they saw how much will everything be. The guy told him, he checked the amount of money he had. He was shot by, I think about, well, I can't remember the exact let's just make it easy. Right, I'm not giving the exact figure, but let's just say it was shot by like three hundred dollars. All right, of that time. So told the guy, said, "No problem, do the work." The guy walking went to go and do something, eat, move around. Time to collect this guy. The guy rebuilt a new engine for him, essentially. Time to pay. Pay now. The money he had. Now the story I've not read in a while. Making some students now came, asked him a few questions. Who were like on top, on top, asked him a few questions. He answered. They said the Lord said they should give they should give him a certain amount of money, which was just more, a little more than enough to balance the thing. So he paid the mechanic all the money and took his brand new engine essentially and continued moving. He did not know he needed to repair, service that engine. The Lord took care of him, took him to where they would fix the engine for a good price, supplied money for him to pay, and he continued his missionary journey. You can read the book, God Smuggler, Brother Andrew. People of God, you will see miracles. Amen. Supernatural supplies will come to you. Amen. Strange doors will open for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Healing, you know, healing. You know, God, that will become normal. 
That problem you've been carrying for years. This year is going away. Amen. Some of them dramatically disappear. Amen. Some they just melt. You will not even know it was. You, you, you just be wondering which day did it go away? The word. Listen, at the end of last year, God activated his spiritual something for us. Amen. This year we will see the manifestation of it. Amen. Everything by the Spirit. Amen. This year everything is by the Spirit. Amen. We are walking by the Spirit. Amen. We are living by the Spirit. Amen. We are everything we do, our assignments by the Spirit. Amen. Listen to me, healing by the Spirit. Amen. Supplies by the Spirit. Amen. This year everything by the Spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything by the Spirit. Amen. Listen, we have to give attention to that spirit side. You wake up in the morning, don't forget. This is a sign. Listen to me. Every spiritual thing that you have value for, there will be a sign. There's something you will do. All right? And the one I'm giving you as an instruction from the Spirit is this. In the morning before you go out, release the word like weapons. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. It's an instruction. If you don't do this, you're not taking this matter serious. You wake up in the morning, don't play. Wake up in the morning and speak something into the air. Like, you know, release spirit. Did you hear what I said? If you don't know what to say, just take a scripture. It can be as simple as the one we all know, Psalm 23. Look out in your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You are not reciting for the sake of recitation. You are instructing the atmosphere that it will bring the supply of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me lie down in green pastures. You are saying today, pastures will open for me. Anywhere you want to go, don't be afraid. He will give his angels charge. That, listen to me. You re- release. I'm giving you as an instruction, not giving you advice. Wake up in the morning. Before you go out, throw something outside. Hey, you know, you know that, that your baba, you know what he told you? That he wishes that many more Christians will be in the, that every Christian will be in the occult before they come into Christ. That they will appreciate what they have in Christ. I understand what he said. There are people, I know some of them, not personally, but people I recognize. Every day they have to kill a cow, a fowl. Every day, they, every day, they go release one fowl. There are people that, you know, you know the way you know Muslims? From putting that head, now they don't hit the head on the ground though. They don't rub it on the ground though. But they do it so consistently, that place thickens. But what did they say concerning us? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Even the word of faith which we preach, it has to be in the mouth. Those people do it all the time. All he's asking us to do, put that word where? In the mouth. Now I'm instructing you by the Spirit. This year, you want to see the power of the Spirit. This is your own assignment. You know what he said? Ephesians chapter 5, he explained to us there. He said, do not be drunk wine. Where is the next says, But be what? Filled with the Spirit. Now, if you go to Colossians chapter 3, he said the same thing. Colossians and Ephesians the same book. One of them just applied to a particular church. Ephesians is for everybody. Colossians was written, you know, Ephesians condensed for the Colossians. In it, he explained. Instead of saying, do not be drunk in wine, where the sex is, but be filled with the Spirit. Instead of saying, be filled with the Spirit, he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Is the word. That's how you release the Spirit. That's how you release the Spirit. So I'm giving you that instruction again. Do nothing without uttering the word. Now listen to this. Don't mistakenly eat without giving thanks. The giving of thanks, the release of spirit. 
Now one of our brothers organized an uh, online um, uh, like teaching meeting. His wife was teaching. I joined about two days ago. I left there with one thing. I was sharing with my wife this morning. The woman said, Jesus Christ said, without me you can do nothing. He said, but all of us think like this. Without him we can do nothing difficult. Did you catch that? Without him we can cross the road. Without him we can eat and swallow. Without him we can go to the toilet. But without him we, are, we cannot Facebook where I am. Without him, we can't have a major breakthrough in business. He said that's not what he said. He said, without me, you can do what? Nothing. That Jesus said, I do nothing of my own. Nothing. So what was the message I left there with? That this time around, nothing without the Spirit. No eating without the Spirit. No No going to a toilet without... Listen, no matter how routine it seems... It must be by the Spirit. How do you release the Spirit into all these small, small things? It's thanksgiving. That's why I said don't eat food without giving thanks. Plate of food. You buy your gala down the road. Father, I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. You buy a sachet of pure water. Father, 10, 20, I don't know how many sell it now. Say, thank you for this water in Jesus' name. You know what they are doing? You are releasing the Spirit into them. Let me give you a word. You will eat deadly things they will not hurt you. Amen. Poison will not hurt you. Amen. You know why this year is eaten by the Spirit? It's eaten by the... Where everything is by the Spirit. Too. This year, everything is by the Spirit. And I'm telling you how to activate the Spirit. When you enter your car in the morning, you start the car. Say, the Lord goes with me. He's with me in my going out and in my coming in. You are releasing the Spirit into driving. Yes, that spirit will enter your fuel tank. That spirit will enter into your engine. That spirit will protect you on the road. It will make your vehicle bulletproof. That spirit, all you have just said is that he's with me in my going out and in my coming. Listen. Oh God, this is the instruction of the spirit for 2022. You must activate the spirit in everything you want to do, every single thing. Not only the big things. No matter how you want to wash clothes. Father, I thank you for water. Thank you for ability. You're using a washing machine. Thank you for provision. Thank you for this machine. Thank you for powder, detergent powder. Hallelujah. You know what they are doing? You are washing by the Spirit. You want to sleep. You lie down in peace. Will I lay me down and sleep? For the Lord alone makes me dwell in safety. You know what you are doing? You are sleeping by the Spirit. You can even read scriptures like that 127. It is vain to rise up early and go to bed late. Lord, I'm going to bed on time. What are you doing? Sleeping by the Spirit. I'm instructing you again. Release the Spirit into every single thing you have to do. Don't go out in the morning without pouring the Spirit into the outside. And you return in the evening. Pour the Spirit into the home and pour the Spirit behind you into outside too. With a simple word like, Father, I thank you for the day. Thank you for this abode. You said... The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. Thank you, because that means you won't be homeless. I hope you are getting my point. By the Spirit. Now listen to this. The Spirit will walk with you in everything that you have to do. You know, who do you know will not come from your mouth again? Because now you know you know everybody. Every difficult door, you can walk through it. Let's rise to our feet. Let me 
We'll continue the prayer on Tuesday. Or that means activating everything by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. We give the Lord thanks. Like I said, that's how you activate. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you for the new year. Thank you for it's the year of the Spirit. It's the year of the Spirit. I stir up the gift of God that is in me. I have the gift of God. It is in me. It's the year of the Spirit. It's the year of the Spirit. Everything by the Spirit. My walk by the Spirit. The walk with God by the Spirit. I walk in the Spirit. I do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. By the Spirit. Ministering by the Spirit. Not by your own plan. But by the Spirit. But by the Spirit. But by the Spirit. A closer walk with God this year. Declared. This year you are walking in the will of God for your life. Yes, declare that. This year I'm walking in the will of God for my life. This year I'm walking in the will of God for my life. Like I said, <laughs> we are sacrificed. Say, I'm a sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice. Say that to the Lord. I'm a living sacrifice. I am a living sacrifice. He said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Say this year, I will walk in the, in the holiness of God. I walk in the righteousness of the Spirit. I will walk in the purpose of God for my life. I will satisfy the call of God in my life. Nothing will hinder me this year. I stir up the Spirit. I stir up the Spirit that is in me. I do His will. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall by the Spirit. I overcome every obstacle. Every obstruction to the fulfillment of the will of God in my life. Every obstruction. Every obstruction, every obstacle be removed in the name of Jesus. This year I will be found faithful. I will seek the kingdom of God. I will seek his righteousness. That's the primary thing. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. This year I will see miracles. I will see signs. I will see wonders. The Lord will supply all my needs. By the Spirit. I will see signs, I will see wonders. The Lord will supply all my needs by His Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit. I will walk in the Spirit. I will live by the Spirit. Faith by the Spirit. That's my portion. I declare that. I want to, you need to declare that. <laughs> The word is nigh me, even in my mouth. The word of faith which I have believed. I will declare it this year. Releasing the spirit into everything that I have to do. Let's just recite a few of these scriptures. Say after me, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall, shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Say no one. No one. I, will fear no one. I will fear no one. I will fear nothing. I will fear no one. I will not be afraid of circumstances. I will not be afraid of trouble. Say from, tr- from seven troubles, the Lord will deliver me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, the Lord is my shepherd, shepherd. I shall not want. want. The Lord is my rock, rock. 
the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my savior. My God is my rock. In him alone I have protection. Say it, my God is my rock. In him alone I have my protection. He's my shield. He's the power that saves me. He's my place of safety. I will call on the Lord who is worthy of praise. And he will save me from, my, from all my enemies. Say, there's none like the God of Israel who rise the heavens to my help and through the skies in his majesty. And through the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is my dwelling place. And underneath me is everlasting arms. Say, always. He drives out the enemy from before me. He says, let destruction overtake them. So I dwell in safety. My life is secluded in a land of green and new wine. The heavens over me drop down dew. Say, I am blessed. My family is blessed. My home is blessed. I am blessed. In all that I do, I prosper. Say, my God is great. He does not fail. He answers prayers. Say, Jesus is my Lord. Say, Jesus is my Lord. In 2022, I will live for him alone. I will live for him alone. I am a living sacrifice. I am a living sacrifice. I do the will of the Father. I walk in the will of the Son. I walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am a living sacrifice. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. I have been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. I belong to the Father. And I know He loves me. He perfects everything that concerns me. Say, in this I have confidence. Father, we give you thanks. Let's just give him thanks. Just thank him in your own words. Just take a minute and say, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you thanks.